Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Good morning. Our scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 4. There are different spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are different ministries and the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. A demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. A word of wisdom is given by the Spirit to one person, a word of knowledge to another according to the same Spirit, faith to still another by the same Spirit, gifts of healing to another in the one Spirit, performance of miracles to another, prophecy to another, the ability to tell spirits apart to another, different kinds of tongues to another, and the interpretation of tongues to another. All these things are produced by the one and same Spirit who gives what he wants to each person. Christ is just like the human body. A body is a unit and has many parts, and all the parts of the body are one body, even though there are many. We were all baptized by one Spirit into the one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, and we are all given one Spirit to drink. Certainly the body isn't one part, but many. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, what would happen to the hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, what would happen to the sense of smell? But as it is, God has placed each one of the parts in the body just like he wanted. If all were one in the same body part, what would happen to the body? But as it is, there are many parts but one body, so the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, or in turn, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Instead, the parts of the body that people think are the weakest are the most necessary, The parts of the body that we think are less honorable are the ones we honor the most. The private parts of our body that aren't presentable are the ones that are given the most dignity. The parts of our body that are presentable don't need this. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the part with less honor. So there won't be division in the body. And so parts might have mutual concern for each other. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. If one part gets the glory, all the parts celebrate with it. You are the body of Christ and parts of each other. This is the word of God for the people of God. Now, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I've been a a big fan of Shaquille O'Neal since he came to the Orlando Magic back in 1992. 
but quickly my uh, appreciation for Shaq shifted, not so much about basketball, though he clearly uh, was a great basketball player. I just think he's really funny. He's the kind of guy I think I would just enjoy hanging out with. Uh, just turn him on any time of day nowadays, and you can see a commercial with Shaq and his full-blown personality. The last one I saw last night was him advertising the new Frosted Flakes in his name. Uh, but clearly what we know about Shaq is that he was a great basketball player. Won four NBA championships. He was rookie of the year. Even an Olympic gold medalist. Shaq will always be remembered for his dominance as a basketball player. He's seven foot one. That's nine, uh, 11 inches taller than I am, and I'm not short. Uh, size 22 feet. He dominated under the basket. During his NBA career, he played 1,200 NBA games, 19 seasons. He played for six teams. He scored 28,596 points. Most of those weren't free throws, though. <laughs> Most were dunks. Now, if you followed Shaquille O'Neal as, as, as a basketball player, you may remember that he had one particular issue besides free throws that got in the way of his games and his athletic ability. He had troubles with his toes. Do you remember that? Sometimes it was a little toe. He had a, a bone spur in his little toe. And then later it was arthritis in his big toe. And that kept him out of games. Now think about this for a moment. Shaq, in all of his physical massiveness, his big, powerful legs that could literally just jump straight in the air and dunk the basketball, his big hands that could palm the basketball with no effort, his reach, he could reach and rebound the ball with, with no effort, above the heads of most of the other players, and on and on and on. But his little toe kept him out of the game. On average, Keel O'Neal earned over $200,000 per game. Can you imagine? It's not bad work if you can get it. $200,000 a game, whether he played or not. There were nights that he sat on the bench because his little toe hurt and earned $200,000, whether he added anything to the game or not. Isn't it ironic that something so seemingly small as a toe, actually just a little bone spur in the toe, could have such an impact on such an enormous, powerful body as Shaquille O'Neal? It's a metaphor for what I think Paul is trying to communicate to us today in 1 Corinthians 12. He said, Christ is just like the human body. A body is a unit and has many parts, and all the parts of the body are one body, even though there are many. What he's saying is that we, collectively, as the church, are like a human body. We are, Paul says, the body of Christ. And each of us are like members of the body, parts of the body. Some of us are eyes, some of us are noses, some of us are ears, some of us are elbows, some of us are knees, right? some of us are feet. Some maybe are toes. We all have different functions. We all have different abilities. We all have a different purpose in our role in the body. 
Now we call these different functions, these abilities, gifts, spiritual gifts. The Bible says that each one of us, by virtue of the Spirit living within us, have a unique and different spiritual gift, some more than others. They are diverse gifts. We're not all gifted in the same way, just as parts of the body don't all function in the same way. And that these are uniquely God-given aptitudes and abilities. Did you know that you have a uniquely God-given aptitude, ability? God has invested that in you for the sake of the body. That's really the purpose of the gifts. It's not really so much for us as it is for us, the body. We contribute our gift, and there is something about the way our, works, our gifts work together that strengthens the work that we do collectively. We're members of the body. We each have a different function so that we can strengthen the body as a whole. Now, if you don't know what your spiritual gift is and you're curious, if you look at the sermon notes in your bulletin at the bottom, there is a link to a United Methodist spiritual gift test. It might be something you want to do later today or maybe right now during the sermon if it gets a little slow, you know. Uh, want to keep you interested. Paul says, verse 4 through 7, there are different spiritual gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries and the same Lord. There are different activities, but the same God who produces all of them and everyone. A demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. That's the idea. Now, then Paul does this really interesting thing. I don't know if you picked up on it as I was reading. He, he imagines that a body is having a, a conversation with itself, that the parts of the body are sort of in dialogue or debate. He says, if the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, what would happen to the hearing? If the whole body were an ear, what would happen to the sense of smell? So the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, or in turn, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. There's an interdependence. There's an interconnectedness. And did you hear there's both? There's that, that sense of insecurity I might have to say, well, I don't, I don't really have anything to give to the body. Or there might also be a sense of arrogance, pride, like, well, I'm more gifted than you are. What, what do you bring to the table, right? He's saying it can't be either. It can't be either. That every part of the body has something to offer, that the body needs every single part, that all are needed in the functioning of the body of Christ. St. Teresa of Lisieux once said, every tiny flower, if, if every tiny flower wanted to be a rose, spring would lose its loveliness. Isn't that nice? If every tiny flower wanted to be a rose, spring would lose its loveliness. And so even the parts of the body, and we don't need to get too graphic, but even the parts of the body that seem least important, least significant, unnecessary, we're speaking metaphorically here, or less honorable, he uses that language, are actually given greater honor. I mean, this is the way it works in God's economy. He says, 1 Corinthians 12, 23, the parts of the body that people think are weakest are the most necessary. 
The parts of the body that we think are less honorable are the ones we honor the most. Maybe he was thinking about Shaq's toe. I don't know. You remember the movie Forrest Gump? Remember when Forrest showed up in Vietnam to report for duty? He went to his uh, commanding officer. Who was that? Lieutenant Dan, right? Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan said, I have two rules for you while you're in Vietnam. One, always wear clean socks and take care of your feet. He didn't want anybody having foot fungus to keep them out of the war. He said, number two, don't get killed. Very reasonable rules, right? You've got to take care of your feet because if your feet go out, your whole body is useless, right? So most of you know this summer we have been focused on First Church's vision statement. Say it with me. To seek and love God, to love and serve people. Now let's say it more convincingly. To seek and love God, to love and serve people. We've been talking about a lot about love. We sang about love today. We've talked about how love is a feeling, but it's more than a feeling. That with God, it's really an action. It's a disposition. It's, it's an A that even for us, that it's more than how we feel about each other. It's what we do for each other. It's how we treat, respect, and today, how we serve each other. For the last couple of weeks, we've talked about seeking God in worship and discipleship. Well, now, this week and next week, we're going to talk about how we serve. A love is an expression of service to each other. We're going to focus on, see, what, what does that mean? Now, I don't want to draw a line too heavily here. But, but just in general, there is service that we do that's, that's in the church for the church. And there's also service that we do as the church in the world. Do you see the difference that I'm talking about? There are certain functions of service that we do in here, and there's certain service that we do as Christians out there. Today we're going to talk about the service that we do as part of the church for each other as a body, but next week we're going to talk about what it means to serve in the world. But I want, like I said, I don't want to make too strong a distinction because anything we do in here is meant for what we do out there. There's a direct correlation. We, we exist for the world. And so when we exercise our gifts together, it's to strengthen the body for its ministry in the world. Are you following me here? Okay. It's not just so we can be kind of a nice little religious club for each other. It's we build up the church, the body, so that we can go make a difference in the world. And let's go back to the example of Shaq and his toe, right? His toe kept his body from working. And because his body didn't work, he wasn't effective in the game. Shaq's body is the church. I know that's a stretch, right? The game is the world, right? You are the toe. I am the toe, or potentially we might be the toe. That's what we got to talk about, right? Paul says, God's purpose was to equip God's people for the work of serving and building up the body of Christ. That's Ephesians 4, 12. I've been in ministry starting here back in 1990 for over 30 years. 
And if I have learned anything about what effective ministry and effective church looks like in the world, I've learned that we're only as strong, ministries and churches are only as strong as our commitment to service. No matter how big and flashy a church's reputation, no matter how big the staff, no matter how big the size of the budget, no matter how much money a church gives away, the strength and health of a church is directly related to the way a church serves. The members of the church serve each other. That's what makes for a strong church. There's just some synergistic effect when I use my gifts and you use your gifts and you use your gifts and the way they complement each other and build upon each other and make a difference in what we do together. I think, that the, what, I think what it's all about really is that it moves us from being religious consumers to being participants in the work of God in the world. Now, Paul is implying that the opposite is also true. That when members of the body are not offering their gift, when they're not participating in service, it's like the body becomes handicapped. Shaq's toe doesn't work, it puts them on the bench. And since he's saying when, when parts of the body aren't doing their part, the body becomes handicapped or disabled. Now, I want to be careful in that language, right? If we're talking literally about a person, right, who becomes physically disabled, perhaps in an accident, or somebody that's born with a, a, a disability or other ability, right? We have laws in place now to make sure a person has, has rights, opportunities. We have amazing medicine and technologies to make sure a person, uh, however abled they are, are able to function as fully as possible in the world. We, we get that now. But in biblical times, that was not the case. In Paul's day, when he used this example of the body, most people were physical laborers. You had to work for a living to support yourself and your family. And so if you were born blind or deaf, or if you became in some way physically disabled in an accident or something, you became dependent upon your family. Or if you didn't have family, you became destitute, right? So Paul's using this image of the body to really stress the point that a body is meant to be healthy and strong so it can do the work that it's supposed to do. And that when it is handicapped or disabled, it is severely limited. His point is, we need each other. We need each other. We all have a gift to contribute and that your gift adds upon my gift, which adds upon your gift, which adds upon your gift. We all have a role to play. Of course, Jesus set us the example for this. His whole life was a life of service, healing the sick, feeding the hungry, right? Giving dignity to those who were treated with no respect. Jesus served his whole life, including his death on the cross, was an act of service. It was a, it was a demonstration of love. Probably the, the greatest example of that was the night of his arrest. You remember what he did? He washed the feet of his disciple. That was something that in those days was commonly done 
by a servant. A servant would come and wash everybody's feet. They wore sandals, walked on dusty roads. So when you sat down for a meal, a servant would go person to person and wash their feet. Well, Jesus's, you know, crowd, there were no servants of that crowd. They were all an equal family. Who's my mother? Who's my brother? We just sang. No one thought, well, I should wash everybody's feet, except for Jesus, right? Jesus set the example. In fact, he said that to them. I've given you an example, just as I have done, you also must do. And I don't know if Jesus was literally meaning now y'all need to be washing each other's feet from now on, or if he meant it in a more general way, y'all need to serve. I've given you an example of service. Serve each other. Nothing is beneath you. Bishop Michael Curry writes, there's a simple way to connect with the divine anytime you feel like it. If God is love and love is an action, you've only got to get out there and do it. And in the church, in the body of Christ, in First Church Orlando especially, there are no limits to opportunities to serve. Greeters, ushers, musicians, committee members, people who make our church beautiful, our, our flower ministry, people who count the offering on Monday mornings, uh, people who do congregational care, our Stephen ministers, people who lead our Sunday school classes and small groups, children and youth volunteers, drivers, van drivers, communion servers, people who lead our senior friends ministry, editors of the things that you get in the mail and you see online, uh, leaders, people who serve on our leadership committees, people who take care of our plants, and on and on. And there's, There's no limit to the opportunity to use the gifts that God has given you here at the church. And by the way, As we rebuild after the pandemic, we really need some new volunteers in some places. Now is a great opportunity to find your place. And, by the way, we're always open to new ideas. Maybe you can't find your specific niche. That doesn't mean, well, you know, we don't need them. No, like, what unique gift has God put in you that we could start something new? Dr. Martin Luther King once said, everyone can be great, Everyone can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. Everyone can be great. That's a deeply countercultural statement. Like, we get it as Christians. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. That's a deeply countercultural statement. The people the world says are great don't serve for the most part. They are served. They hire people to serve them, right? They're served by others. And if we're going to be honest, many of us are served by lots of people. In fact, probably most of us are served more than we serve. I mean, that's just kind of how it is in a first world nation like ours. The disciples who nobody in the world would have said were great in the early days still did not see their role as washing the feet of others, right? 
Even though the world didn't define them as great, they in their mind thought they were too great to bend down and wash someone else's feet. But I want you to think about something. Who are the people who have impacted your life the most? Who are the people who have made the deepest, most lasting, positive impact on you? I bet they served you in some way. Maybe it was somebody who gave their time, their talent, their resources generously for you with nothing in return. Maybe it was an underpaid school teacher. Maybe it was a coach. Maybe it was a scout leader. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher or a youth volunteer. Maybe it was a mentor. Maybe a, a relative, a dependable friend, a supporter, an encourager. Who are the people who've had the greatest impact on your life, I bet they're the people who served you in some way, right? Maybe not great in the world's eyes, but certainly great in God's eyes. It's the people who serve that show us the heart of God. So I'll end with this. Nadia Bowles-Weber writes, no one gets to play Jesus but we do get to experience Jesus in that holy place where we meet others' needs and have our own needs met. We are all needy and the ones who meet needs. To place ourselves or anyone else in only one category is to lie to ourselves. We all need each other. We have the opportunity to serve each other. That's how we love and serve people. Let's pray. And so God, reveal to us the gifts that you've entrusted in us. Give us a desire to use those gifts to serve others. Strengthen the body as we serve, Lord. May we be the strongest body we can possibly be. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.